Letting It All Hang Out is the show that you're listening to right now where we bring together some incredible people that make you want to get out and live life to the fullest and hopefully inspire you to do the same. Today I am joined by the wonderful Daniel Mangena. Dan is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, best-selling author, and qualified reality trans-surfing practitioner. Whoa. His work has been featured in major publications all over the world, including NBC, CBS, MarketWatch, and Fox. He was also recently included in the Wall Street Journal's Masters of Success feature. Through his work, he aims to serve and uplift the lives of as many people as possible, helping them to live abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. What a dope dude. This one gets pretty meta, brah. So what are you doing waiting around? Let's get into it. Hello. Hello. What's up, Dan? I'm Groovy. How you doing? I'm doing good. Can How I are just you? Say, my nephew's called Kalani. <gasps> really? Nice. With a H, though. With a H. Oh, at the end? Or... No, at the beginning. Uh, K-H-A-L-A-N-I. I gotcha. Very mm. cool. That's mm. uh, That's so funny. Does it like mean anything my my parents they are like obsessed with hawaii my mom has like yeah it means royal one it means there. royal one in hawaiian that's what kalani means mm-hmm. i love yeah. it love it yeah. cool so well thank you for cities. showing up i appreciate oh. <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> of course and i'm excited to to chat with you and I, I just let's just get into it like what's up with you tell me about how life has been so far well, I'm just, just ecstatic at the synchronicities that your last name is my nephew's first name. I think that's really cool. So, <laughs> the, the gods aligned that this conversation was to happen. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's meant to be. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love, so I always do a little bit of internet sleuthing whenever mm-hmm. I have somebody on my podcast. Um, but what I think is really fun is I try not to do too much because I like not really knowing a whole lot. And so I want <laughs> to hear from the actual person what their life is like, what actually got them into the position that they're in now and why they started helping people. So I'd love for you to expand on that and take us through a short journey of what landed you in this position today. <laughs> cool things, Well, I like to say that I'm in the third movie of a trilogy in my life right now <laughs> who knows maybe i'll have a comeback like lethal weapon i'm not really sure or the matrix <laughs> or more of a, a modern reference but you know this current movie started i would say on the 13th of february 2018 i was in the mountains of santa fe new mexico at a meditation retreat from one of my with one of my teachers dr joe Spender. i was doing a, a walking meditation at the end of the event so it was really weird for me because I've always had the opportunity to really dive in with these events. I'm from East London in the UK, and I was flying to different parts of the world, mainly North America, to come and come to this, this guy's events every month and a half or something like that. So my girlfriend at the time was like, why is, why is my man running off on a plane <laughs> to another country? And then always comes back with like new friends and spiritual community, mainly female. Say, oh, I love you. <laughs> I feel you in my heart. She was like, uh, something funky is going on here. I'm coming along. So this particular event, she'd come along. And so what was happening is at the end of every session, when we're like having the breakout every session, she was waiting for me outside the door. So I never really got a chance to drop in or really decompress because I had this kind of constant thing. So I was a little, not disappointed, but I wasn't as as deeply sort of grooved as I normally am when I go to one of these things. 
So the event had passed. This is now the morning after the, the event had finished. And it's a common, uh, common occurrence. Everyone kind of just goes out and does a walking meditation. Now, anyone who doesn't know what the weather's like in New Mexico in February, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Six o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, it wasn't warm at all. I had two pairs of socks on, boots, <laughs> little hot pockets in my pockets, in my pockets, and in my gloves. I had gloves, scarf, face wrap. It was cold. And I just went out. I had no expectation of anything. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go and do a walking meditation and just see. And it was probably the most profound walking meditation, apart from the first one that I'd ever done, ever. And I actually had this vision of what my life would look like if I just quit going half-hearted and went all in. Because the second, the second movie of my life really started in March of 2008. I came up against, came up against a choice of, of really wanting to take my own life. And the only reason why I didn't in the midst of everything that was happening at that time is I didn't want to fail at something else. So actually what I did was, and I went on a mission to find out what had gone wrong with my manifesting so that I could successfully manifest myself into a very low stress, completely successful, low impact, not a big pomp, just a nice peaceful. I had this vision of me sort of having this quiet suicide. But what happened with that journey is I spent so much time polluting my mind with positive inputs to try and fix this thing that I actually ended up reconditioning my unconscious to want to choose life. So that was like a 12 year journey, over 10 to 12 year journey over which I created the model that I now teach beyond intention. So I'm on this journey. And as I came to the tail end of that, people kept kind of being the messenger for the fact that I should be doing something more than I was doing because I'd rebuilt my life. I'd built up a business that was doing seven figures a year with my partners. Um, I flew around first class. I think I had about five Rolex watches by that time. I had a lovely home. Like everything was really groovy. I liked my life. But the call to do something more with this model and actually share it with people was getting louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. And the 13th of February 2018 was when I was like, oh, this is how my life will be so much better. And so since then, that's what I've been doing. Uh, not so much speaking now in the COVID world, but uh, a lot more podcasting, uh, podcast books. I've been doing a lot of summits recently. They've been really, really cool. Um, I've recently got made an executive contributor in an online magazine called Brain, so I'm going to be sharing stuff on there. And really just every day waking up and seeing how many different ways I can empower more people to live abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. Mm-hmm. Ah, holy shit, that's so powerful. And I like how you phrase that you've had sort of three different movies of your life and it's like different stages and I like that because so much can change and essentially when we go through periods of our life where we do change internally it's like we become a new person or a new character in that movie and so that's really interesting and going back on um you briefly mentioned you had this distinction of like okay if I stop being wishy-washy if I stop going half-ass and I go all in, then things will change. Yeah. How did you, and you know, there's probably multiple things, but how do we figure out like one, are, are, I, I feel like a lot of people think they're going all in, 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that I've been there before where like, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm doing all of it. I'm <laughs> giving 110% effort. But when in reality, maybe that's not the case. How do we make sure that we're like actually walking the walk? <laughs> you know, um, so I'm a regular co-host on a, a, a weekly podcast. Well, it's a daily podcast actually about the law of attraction called LOA Today. I'm one of the Thursday hosts. And uh, this actually came up yesterday. We were talking about winning and participation agreements and uh, participation awards. And I was kind of like cracking it. It's like, ah, look. And the fact is, is that if you have to ask if you are, then you're not. Damn. Is, <laughs> is the long and short of it. And at the end of the day, if to the best of your knowledge, you are giving all that you have, then, then you are. When you become aware or conscious of, oh, hang on a minute, that wasn't full out, then it's just a choice. Now I'm going to put that little bit. It's like, I've been to a few events where they say, raise your hand as high as you can. Now raise it a little higher. Well, I raised my hand as high as I could until somebody inspired me to reach a bit higher. So what I mean, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm going this circular thing is because within ourselves, we will always have a limit in what we perceive as us going all out. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself with an environment that inspires you to keep pushing harder, even when you think you've given all, right? So, I mean, I spent $172,000 on my personal development last year, right? I've been doing personal development and stuff for more than 20 years, or 20, 21 years. I still, and this year, I want to break 200, not just for the sake of it, but I want to continue to invest in myself with quality mentorship, guidance, support, and training to keep me operating at the higher and higher levels to keep pushing the because at the end of the day if we're not growing we're dying and regardless of what my all out is today if i'm not pushing myself so that i've got more capacity the next day then i'm going to start contracting so ask yourself honestly as far as i know am i giving all out giving my all and if i am then it's time for me to actually find something to inspire me to give more mm-hmm. and if i'm not then go to the limit of where i am right now and then when i hit it go and be inspired some way, somehow to go and do more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we, you know, we, we, we are reflecting on ourselves and we're like, yes, I, I do feel like I'm putting all of myself into this and we've reached the limit or the capacity of like how much we're able to. And then, like you said, invest, learn, grow, and do even mm-hmm. more. I think when we think the limit, let's push the limit. Let's, let's work even harder. Let's push hundred percent, uh, 110%. For some, that equals like hustle culture, like mm-hmm. grinding until you're you're crying <laughs> and just overworking, and it yeah. can lead to burnout. It's burnout. like what's mm-hmm. that thin line of yes, you're playing full out and mm-hmm. you're giving it your all, but you're not like ruining your mind, body, soul in the process. But that's not playing full out. That's playing full dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I've got to be in service to be of service. Me driving the car when it's got no fuel in it isn't helping me win the race. I need to stop and refuel. And that's where self-care is so imperative. Taking time on a regular basis, not just on a daily basis, but on a regular basis to check in and ask myself, am I, being, am I filling myself up spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, right? Uh, and that also says, you know, this task that I'm going to fall out on, is it filling me or is it depleting me? Because when I find that when we're doing something that is adding to the life, adding to life, right, as a universal consciousness, right? We're not depleted by that. You know, if I go and do, um, 
I've done marathon things where I've done like multiple speaking events in short periods of time, or I've done a day when I've done like five podcasts or whatever. And my wife would be like, Hey, you haven't eaten today. And I've forgotten about eating, but I don't feel hungry. I'm so full up from what I've been doing that day. So, you know, ask yourself, is the thing that I'm doing even filling me up or is it depleting me? If I'm feeling drained, maybe it's not my thing, or maybe I need to look at the way that I'm doing it. But then taking time regardless to check in, having breaks for yourself, uh, having time for things that you love to do, you know, going and getting some fresh air, uh, drinking plenty of water. I've got mine here. I'm going to be drinking it right now. Um, setting your day off right. Unpacking at the end of the day so that you are actually resourced to be able to keep playing without, you know, uh, look at sports players. If they played a game every day and didn't have their, their physio and didn't have their correct nourishment and stuff, they're not actually going to be in a position to even give anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that you said I, we have to be in service to be of service. I mm-hmm. love, it's just like one of those little sound bites. You're like, Ooh, that's a quote you got to live by day by day. I really like it. And switching gears a little bit, cause I'm so fascinated. Um, and I was more recently, I would say within the last year introduced to Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, not actually introduced, but more so figuring out who he was. He, he's, he's a cool cat. I did tequila shots with him once. He's, yeah. he's a cool cat. Yeah. Tequila shots with Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's rad. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But uh, when I, when I f- first was diving into his work and meditations and like the, it's like a next level meditation. It's like not necessarily for let's say for lack of a better word, beginners of meditation. Mm-hmm. Meditation in general is one of those practices that's talked about so often, especially mm-hmm. now. And I absolutely love meditation. And, and when I first started doing it, you know, I, I struggled with ADD. And so it was like passive versus active meditation, trying to figure out what I enjoyed most and was actually mm-hmm. going to work for me. Um, and as I was experimenting, it just filled, fueled me so much and it gave me so much clarity and helped me feel more connected with myself and my purpose and all of this. It seems like meditation, because it's so popular now, it's like, I don't know, society's hipster mentality of wanting to reject it, what's popular. Tell me a little bit about meditation, how you even got started into it and how that has changed your life and what you recommend for other people or what your insight is on that. Before we dive into the rest of the episode, I'm taking a quick moment to talk about today's sponsor, Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery is a Navy SEAL owned and operated CBD and recovery supplement company. William Bronham, the owner and CEO of Naked Warrior, started this company with a very clear initiative. Support the mental and physical recovery of veterans, first responders, athletes, and everyday humans that want to live more life with less resistance. A big reason why I love and respect Naked Warrior Recovery is that they know that the only way to perform at our highest potential is to allow our bodies and minds the opportunity to recover, which y'all know by now I am all about. So check out Naked Warrior Recovery at nw-recovery.com. That's nw-recovery.com. And get yourself a 20% discount on some high quality CBD products, super greens, and more by using the discount code Kalani20. That's K-A-L-A-N-I-20. K-A-L-A-N-I-20. Back to the show. My first introduction to meditation was really not successful at all. One of my first spiritual teachers, um, Montuta, his thing was, all right, take an apple, 
put an apple there and spend the next hour looking at that apple and thinking about nothing but divine love. That was my first introduction to oh my gosh. meditation. I was like, this shit is shit for me. Like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> no, so I kind of left the meditation stuff alone. And then it was actually, um, it was actually getting into Dr. Joe's work, 2015, 2016, 2015, actually, um, that it really, because technically speaking, and some people are going to be mad at me for saying this, his work isn't really meditation. It's actually, he takes you into hypnotic trance to access this, the field of the quantum field. That's what you actually mm. do. You go on a journey. Um, you use the meditative, meditative state to go on a journey. Mm -hmm. Since then, you know, I, I practice Kundalini yoga. So I do Kundalini yoga meditations. I do a lot of silent meditation. I've done a lot more work in this field over the last sort of five, six years, oh gosh, 2021, last five or six years. <laughs> but um, really what we're doing is we're plugging in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the things that people lose sight of is that meditation isn't the act, it's the state of being, and we can access that in different ways. For some people, running is a meditation. Um, I've also studied Tantra, and in Tantra, sex is the meditation, <laughs> right? Which is pretty cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. But what we're doing is we're aiming to, to plug in and, and reconnect to that part of ourselves. Now, for some, meditation is a tool that empowers them to develop a mastery over their thoughts and over their emotional state, which is a happy byproduct to being in an emotional, in a meditative state. For some people, it's to connect into, into the heart. Some people use it to create. That's one of the things that I use it for. Some people use it to, to heal, but ultimately it's just a doorway and it's what's on the other side that really matters. For some people playing an instrument is gonna do it, going for a run, like I said. I would say for people not to get so caught up on the doorway, but really just focus on actually just accessing that part of themselves and actually getting to know what is their groove. I've got friends of mine, they can't get down with Dr. Joe Star. They're not into it at all. And that's okay. There are some people that will not do anything else. I remember there was a time when I went to an event, uh, I was volunteering at Dr. Joe Spencer event and some of the people were like, they do other types of meditation. I was like, you do other meditation? Oh, like sacrilege. And then I came to understand, oh yeah, there's like, there's other stuff going on. But final words for you, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes here and there, whether it's just coming and breathing into your heart for a few minutes, at different parts of the day, but do so with an intention as to what you want from the experience and to mm -hmm. do it consistently. Find something that you can do consistently, do it intentionally and do it is what I would say, regardless of what that looks like. If it's being in space when you're running, like I said, um, tantric sex, if that's your jam, <laughs> whatever it is, like find something that you can do, be intentional and do it consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, when you described that, meditation is more so accessing a part of what's already there like in us mm -hmm. that's really interesting i've never really heard it put that way before and i think that when people think and me too when i think meditation i don't necessarily think of it as me accessing a part of myself i'm just like oh it's an act it's a thing that i'm doing um can you explain a little bit more about how doing meditation any type of meditation is accessing that part of ourselves and what that part of ourselves is? I would say accessing the infinite part of ourselves. If we look at the construct of reality and you know different philosophies and theories exist around that, but if we look at 
the concept of energy. Right, and I don't want to get too woo-woo because I want to, I really want to keep this grounded so the listeners have got something that they can actually do something with. But if we look at energy, if we take, if I take this pen, right, and I broke it down to its smallest subatomic particles, we're looking at an electron. If I open up that electron, it's 99.999% empty space energy. So if the smallest component, the smallest subatomic particle is that, the building blocks of life are essentially all 99.999% energy. That energy is vibrating at different frequencies, it's in different compounds and combinations, it gives us the experience of different things, the water, the oxygen, H2O, there's that combination, but essentially it's all that thing, and that thing is infinite in its possibility. Mm. When I'm moving beyond my physical experience, and by the physical experience or the three-dimensional reality, I'm just talking about everything that I experience with my five senses. When I move beyond that, I'm no longer constricted to the experience of that 99.999% that's limited to what I can experience with my senses. When I'm moving beyond that, getting beyond the illusion of time and into what I refer to as the fifth dimension, people have got different definitions of that. I'm back to the true nature of our reality, which is an infinite principle that's not limited to the density that we experience with our senses. That as an idea gets lost in different things, but all that we're really doing is I'm moving beyond the experience of my senses and reaching out for the truth of something more. And that's not something that you can really teach to someone. You can give people the door because for everyone it's gonna be different. For some people, they might see colors and visions. For some people, they feel an, an, an inner peace. Some people move to enlightenment. People feel bliss. But ultimately, it's a connection that you will know when you're there because it's not something that feels like anything else. Mm. Some people can get there in five minutes. Some people get there in a year. Some people won't get there at all. They'll just feel the journey of going there. But ultimately, that stillness, that oneness, that experience is what we are knocking on the door for when we're moving to a place of meditation mm-hmm. oh man that stuff blows my mind i find that so fascinating <laughs> and I love the way broke it down it was simple and, and easy to understand and i think that when so, we start to get into energy and all that stuff it, it can get derailed pretty quick and yeah. a lot of uh you know, stigmas maybe come into our mind of like oh i don't really know if i want to deal with that stuff <laughs> but you know uh i i, I want to just take a small pivot um, into meditation or, or any really, really any practice of helping us reflect on things so that we can get unstuck. I mm-hmm. think for me, meditation was one of those things where I wanted to do it to help my performance. Essentially, I wanted to be more mm-hmm. creative. I wanted mm-hmm. to feel more in tune with my emotions. As you said earlier, people do it for different reasons. And mm-hmm one of the main reasons to sum all of those things up is getting unstuck in whatever area of life that we're in. Tell me a little bit about like how meditation helps us get to that place of clarity and getting unstuck um, or any other practices that we can start to take on to figure out like, okay, what is holding us back and how do we push past that? I think it's imperative for us to remember that all of these things are tools and without a directive use, the tool is pointless. Like if I'm using a hammer to cut bread, it's an effective tool, but it's not gonna be that, and likewise a knife is gonna be a bit tricky in getting a nail into, even if I might use the handle, but it's not the most efficient way to do it. So the, the idea I'd love to bring in at this point is intentionality. For someone to say they're stuck, 
it means that their progress towards a particular outcome is being hindered in some way. But are we even conscious, I mean, fully conscious of what the outcome is? Are we fully conscious and aware of where we are? Because I find that for many people, stuckness isn't really stuckness, it's your inner guidance that the thing that you're going for is not for you. Or it's an inner resistance to moving towards that thing because you haven't taken care of your limiting beliefs around your ability to move towards it. And from that place, it doesn't matter how much you meditate, meditate till you know till the cows come home that limiting belief if you haven't directed any tools towards clearing that limiting belief it's still going to sit there as a hindrance to you moving forward ergo you're going to remain stuck i know people that have been doing spiritual practice for decades people have come to my work having done spiritual work for decades years and years and years and years life is still shit why because there's no intentionality they feel great when they're doing the three hours of meditation in the morning wake up they hate their kids, their kids hate them, the lover in their life doesn't love them at all, they're broke, the health is shit. Why? They've left all of their experience in the fifth dimension, they haven't brought anything back. There's been no intentional direction of that power into creating reality that works for them. So, you know, anyone that's saying I'm stuck, I'd encourage them to just hit pause, and let's reset the board. Where do I wanna go? Do I really want to go there or am I going there because society has told me that's where I'm supposed to be or that my family told me that's what I'm supposed to do or the media, like whatever, social media. Like, is this my desire? Mm-hmm. If so, is that aligned with me at a soul level? And I can take that into meditation. These are questions that I can ask in a meditative state. Does this feel for me, right? Once I've identified that, identify where I am, get clear. I can use a tool of meditation to, to actually identify oh, maybe that's not what, maybe these doors being closed to me because in meditation, I realize I'm an arsehole. This is real, right? Maybe I actually have been taking and not adding to the life of others. Maybe the spirit that I've been coming to this situation from is not one of resonance and therefore that's why I've not been able to develop a vibrational match to it and therefore experience it. I can use meditation as a tool to do that. But ultimately, regardless of what spiritual practice I use, at some point, I'm going to have to make a change up here and do something different with these here in physical reality in order for my physical reality to meet a new choice in experience I've selected at a different level of consciousness. And that's why I've got the catchphrase, stop meditating. People go, oh my God, you said stop meditating. Yeah, yeah I'm mean, going to start meditating, use the tool. To, but remember that at some point you've got to put the tool down and take care of the rest of it. You know, the hammer's not going to build the whole house. At some point, I need to put the hammer down and need to get the sandpaper. I need to get some other materials. I need to get a bricklayer. Maybe I need to get someone to help me with that. One tool isn't going to do all of it. And building anything isn't one dimensional, just as we as humans are not one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems like the, one of the biggest ways or best ways, I should say, to figure out like what tools do we even need, right? Like what okay, cool. I think we've, let's say we know our purpose and and we're Mm -hmm. using various tools that we already know of or have practiced. Um, It seems like it's a lot of getting curious and asking Mm -hmm. a lot of questions to ourselves in meditative Mm -hmm. states or in other states and being curious of where we can go, like visualizing the future, saying, okay, what other tools do we need? Like is asking those questions, it seems like sometimes it's hard to even figure out what kind of questions to ask. 
mm-hmm. like we we get into the meditative state and then it's like okay now what like what, what what am i supposed to say what am i supposed to do and we start to overthink it like what what's mm-hmm. going on there <laughs> i would say if you don't know the question then go in with no question to see what the fuck happens mm. <laughs> just go in and see what the fuck happens right allow that part of you because remember you know you can use meditation to access different levels of consciousness and super consciousness i can use it to access my, my unconscious mind maybe that's where i want to start maybe you know there's some people that are jumping into i want to go and contact the aliens from the other dimension of zargog and my past lives and blah 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 dude you haven't even got a relationship with your own mind on all levels do that first mm-hmm. right maybe the fact that you don't have a thing of the questions because you haven't developed a relationship with yourself yet develop a relationship with self before thinking about ancestors from seven generations back and <laughs> i don't know i for me i just think why are we running off to other dimensions when I haven't even got my own shit together <laughs> in, in this dimension? I did a thing about this. I did a, I think I did it on the last Lion's Gate or whatever portal. Or whatever. It was all the portals that open. I need to contact the beings. Like, all the beings have got you. You haven't even got your own shit together. What have you got to offer <laughs> to, to the other dimensional? I'm going to carry my wisdom back through the ages. Dude, get your shit together. <laughs> tackle, be in a conducive space to tackle shit. And I'm not saying we have to wait to perfection to do these things, but at least, you know, have some semblance of order in your, in your life before running off to other, other dimensions and doing all this shit. That's why, again, you know, stop meditating for a minute. Let's just... What are the intentions that I have for my life? In that, am I at least in a position where I'm honoring my commitments in this reality? You know, your kids haven't, you haven't changed the diet. I've got a new, newborn. It's like me running off and leaving Ethan with a, a pooey not a diaper. Sorry, Ethan, <laughs> I've got to go contact the people from Zargog. <laughs> He's like, Dad, I've got shit in my diaper. What's going on? You know, like take care of what needs to be taken care of. And then, you know, put him down he's having an out all right let me go see what's going on in Zargog you know that's that's what I think so you know if there's nothing coming up or we're stuck with what the question is go into the space of science and allow yourself to be guided on the question Mm -hmm. but take care of your shit first and then start Mm -hmm. looking at what's going on in other dimensions oh man that's so true we do that all the time where we focus Mm -hmm. on everything else other than ourselves (laughs) first (laughs) and I, I mean I believe that it probably stems from some sort of fear or some sort of sense of lack uh and that freaks us out and so we resist it and we make up different scenarios or reasons why you know we're not focusing on that area of our life how do we sort of like slap ourselves in the face and say yo like you have to dig into the shit that doesn't feel good first to Mm -hmm. then unlock the stuff that does feel good or the insights that do feel good or the questions that are helpful please leverage like you can't force yourself. I mean, one of the funniest things I think people try and do is force themselves. <laughs> like you, the unconscious mind moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. That's a lot of laps on you, bro. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's a lot of laps. So you're trying to go up. It just doesn't, it's like me going up against Tyson in his heyday when I'm, I don't, I've not even put boxing gloves on before. What is the point? Mm-hmm. What is the point? Especially when I don't have to fight it, I can speak with it. We can negotiate and actually come to an understanding. The unconscious mind is not a tyrant. It's waiting for instruction. But the thing is, is that we don't set intentions and therefore the instruction just comes from the program because we haven't gone in to disrupt it. 
So rather than having this disconnect and this battle, let's come back to the place of harmony. The unconscious mind understands imprints, it understands images, it understands sensory inputs. Consciously putting together a series of those things in my environment to support me being guided onto a new way of doing things is going to do a lot more than me trying to beat myself over the head and force something as an outcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great advice. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, one question that keeps popping up in my mind as we've been talking ever since the beginning really is money mindset. It's something that is so like popular talked about right now and mm-hmm. it's essentially right in line with limiting beliefs and mm-hmm. having that running that program that our uh, unconscious program that's just like going and going and going and we are lacking intention as you said mm-hmm. is there much of a difference between the limiting beliefs that we have around let's say money versus the limiting beliefs that we have around you know let's say how successful we can be or imposter syndrome or mm-hmm. any of the other things that are holding us back T. Harvecker says that how we do one thing is how we do everything. And I didn't get it at first, but the more time I spent exploring the idea since I first heard it from him in 2014 is that, shit, that's kind of true. And it's actually developed in something I call bleed theory. And what bleed theory invites us to consider is that all the sections of our life are only separated by the illusionary separation we have of them. And I've actually seen that. You know, one of my signature programs is a program called Micro to Millions, which is all around creating financial abundance. And what we found with the program is that people came in to sort out their money, health improved, relationships improved. Um, And it's actually happened the other way around as well. You know, people that are taking care of an area of their life find that their finances click. Because generally speaking, we are whole beings. And when we consciously make the choice to remove the separation, then a change in one place will automatically be reflected in other areas. Just sometimes our narratives keep them blocked off. So the work that we're doing on our health doesn't end up affecting our finances because we've got stories of separation and stories that we keep exclusively around this area of our life. Whereas if we remove that separation, we can actually lift up all of the areas to some degree. So those are my thoughts on it. I get to see that literally on, on a daily basis. And I feel that if people just allow themselves to treat themselves as a whole being and from that place look at healing as an all-round experience then they'll start to find that they don't need to keep double dipping on the work that the work in one area can lift up or to some degree and at least give us space to go and make minor tweaks in some of these areas versus now i've done my health i need to go and do my relationships and i need to go and do my money and blah 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 mm-hmm. yeah that's so true that we we are the ones who are creating these invisible or non-existent actual barriers or separations when in reality, it's all just one thing and they all bleed into one another. That's amazing. Well, I mean, this is a a beautiful boat to wrap everything up. Thank you so much. This was like, Oh, mind blowing to me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I could probably talk to you for like six days straight (laughs) and pick your brain. But as a parting question for one person listening, um, Mm going through, let's say, not the best time of their life, what's mm-hmm. one thing that you would say to them? Take it a day at a time. And hear that from someone who accidentally overanalyzed themselves out of suicide. Yeah. <laughs> but none of us are getting out of this thing alive anyway. But we are here to enjoy. Like, nobody's here to suffer. We're here to enjoy the experience. 
But when circumstances have put us in a place where that enjoyment feels far away, just ask yourself, what small step can I do to bring a little bit of light into my life today? Maybe it's what I'm going to watch. Maybe it's going to, what I'm going to read. Maybe it's saying no. And those small choices are going to give me the power to make the bigger choices, to leave that abusive relationship, to take the leap and go and do that thing that makes my heart sing, to give up that thing that's impeding my health. But it starts with those small, small choices. And those small choices, I believe, are grounded in a commitment to actually enjoy this thing that we call life, not to suffer. Mm-hmm. beautiful and so simple one step at a time right and we're like damn it i would i, I wanted an <laughs> equation i wanted a- <laughs> life is simple the universe is simple right yeah. the complexities really come from the layers but at its core everything is really simple there are building blocks just mm-hmm. like there are universal laws just like you've got the fibonacci sequence everywhere there's a there's a beautiful simplicity that the layers of complexity add color and stuff to but at its core, it's not that complicated. Yeah, so true. Ah, it's brilliant. And where can people connect with you? Where can people find you, talk to you, learn from more from you? Always the best place is dreamwithdan.com. That's my website. There you can check out the Do It With Dan podcast. I've got my, all the books are on there. Um, we're going to be doing a bit more with the virtual events. Uh, again, uh, we kind of eased up because we came to the end of my wife's pregnancy and, um, and sort of having a new baby and stuff, but generally at least once a month, there's something going on, but everything is always going to be on the website. So that's just the best place to go and awesome. check out things. Incredible. Definitely go check out Dan and thank you again. It was an awesome conversation and I'm sure this won't be the last time that we ever talk to each other. Well, I'll be glad to come back. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I definitely know that I did. And I'd love to hear thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms at Haley Galani. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.